Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. And, uh, but man, I love Christmas. I, I love to watch my kids, you know, one of the great things about becoming a parent is that you get to relive Christmas all over again. You know, you get to see your kids experience all those all those moments of the anticipation and the build up for for presents and and uh, you know watch them come out and, and tear into their gifts and and you know and then try to figure out what you're going to do for the rest of the day. Anybody else uh, struggle with that? So uh, we have four kids, and so we love you know when they're. Uh, Uriah's age, who just turned four, and we love to watch him, you know, and just the the wonder that he has, and the things that are that are caught up in his eyes, and and uh, you know, kids are just such a joy. How many of y'all have kids, and, and you know that we know that they can be painful at times as well, uh, but kids are a joy, and there's nothing nothing like Christmas to help us remember how pleasurable it is to be a parent. And so we've got a lot of new parents here at Overflow. I think we've had, we have like 10 newborns uh, in our church. And so that's, that's been awesome. And, and uh, hopefully more are coming and uh, just believe in God for that. But one of the great joys of being a parent is naming our kids. You know, some of us have come up with the name of our kids uh, years Decades ago, I know uh, I had the name Judah, our, our second born, our first born son. I had that name like over 20 years ago. You know, when I first came to the Lord, I was like, one day I'm going to have a son named Judah. It, it, can anybody relate? You've done that. You, you thought your whole life, I'm going to name my kid this. And, and our, our first born daughter, Moriah, I remember uh, Leslie and I, whenever we, we were thinking about, we had a boy name, we had Judah, but we didn't have a girl name. And so uh, there was a a revivalist in the early 1900s uh, named Mariah Woodworth Edward and uh, Edward, and we wanted to name our daughter after her. And uh, there was a, also a church, a temple called uh, Mount Moriah, and so we and obviously that's a place in scripture as well. So we wanted to name her after that because we know that names carry significant meaning. We know that every time we we say that name, that we're making a declaration over our kid's life. Right? So you need to be careful, right? When you name your kids, it's a little tip for you uh, people that are planning on having kids anytime soon. Be careful what you name your kids because you're going to be declaring that over their life. Others are going to be declaring that over their lives uh, forever. So we as parents, we took a lot of thought into this. We took a, a, a lot of uh, a, a lot of energy, spent a lot of time. Do we want to call them that? We want to make sure and research what the name means. All those kind of things begin because we know that that's something that we're going to speak over their lives uh, for the rest of their lives. And today I want to talk about another name. And we all, the name, we all know the name, right? The name that is above every name. The name that angels sing that causes demons to flee. The name that, that causes diseases to cease. The name that comforts the broken and ushers peace into chaos. The name of Jesus. That is what Christmas is all about. It's all about Christ's mess. It's all about Jesus, the Messiah who came. And you know, when we look at this story that was read this morning, and I'm going to read a little bit more. When we look at the story of Joseph and Mary, they didn't have the pleasure or the pressure of naming Jesus. So that's kind of a good thing. They didn't have the pressure, the, the pressure, but they, they didn't have the pleasure either because Jesus had already been named. And it says this in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, 
and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet, look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And we sang that song this morning about Emmanuel. What do we, we say? Are we just, we just throwing another name out there? No, we, this is a title that was given to Jesus that said when Jesus came on the earth, God was saying, here I am. God is saying, here I am forever. I am with you. I'm never leaving. I'm never forsaken you. I will always be here. Emmanuel means simply that God is with us. It means that he is present. It means that he is not far away. It means that he is among us and he is also inside of us. See, Jesus didn't come so that simply so that we would have a home in heaven, but so that heaven could have a home on earth. So this is why Jesus came, not just so he can go to heaven one day and so he can be among us, but so that heaven could come and make its dwelling here on the earth. So heaven could have presence here. So heaven could have a representative here through you, through the body of Christ. And because he is here and because Jesus is here, there's a few things that we can expect. And the first thing that we can expect is residing hope. Everybody say residing hope. Residing hope. When we talk about hope, many people think about hope as wishful thinking. Beloved, hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is the favorable and confident expectation of good. That's what hope is. Hope is that pic- the, the picture of your children that can't sleep on Christmas Eve night because they're so excited because they know something good is coming in the morning. Hope is that moment that they sit there waiting for you to say, go, hopefully you read the Christmas story before you open presents. I know that that's one of the traditions that we do. We read the Christmas, and the whole time they're not paying attention to the story. Come on. No, no, they're not trying to impress us with their spirituality. They're thinking about the gifts. What is that? That is hope. They have expectation for what is coming. Listen, you never have to lack hope. There is a residing hope. Hopelessness cannot exist in his presence. See, because Jesus came, you don't ever have to be hopeless again. Some of you feel hopeless at this stage in your life. You know hopeless people, but listen, hopelessness, listen, is a deception. Hopelessness is not a true reality. It's a false reality. It's a lie. Because in this world where Jesus came and gave his life for you, there is no such thing as being hopeless. There is always hope because Jesus is alive. So hopelessness cannot exist in his presence and Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So if you know Jesus, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you always have hope because hope lives inside of you. He is the hope of glory. I want to read that uh, verse from the Passion Translation. It says this, living within you is Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure pressed of hope filled with the riches of the glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. Listen, if you've been struggling with the feelings of hopelessness, and I would say that that that's exactly what it is. It's a feeling of hopelessness. Understand that there is reason for you to hope. There is reason for you to rejoice because he is here. He is Emmanuel, and he has the solution to your problems. And we speak of hope. We speak of residing hope. 
that it's a permanent dwelling place, that, it's, that, that it resides, that it has a, res, a residence within you. Do you know that hope lives here? When we, when we say that, hope lives here. Hope lives inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory, it lives in you. Hope lives in you. And sometimes I think that we think of God as, a, as kind of an absentee father, Right? That we think that maybe maybe God's at work right now, or maybe God only comes every other weekend. But he listen, he is not a weekends and nighttime God. He is a full-time God. He is a full-time dad. He's, he's a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> God our Father is a stay-at-home dad. He is continually residing, living inside of you. He isn't going anywhere. And it's not rooted in your choice. It's rooted in your faith in Jesus. And because if you place your faith in Jesus, he said, you know what? I will set up a permanent dwelling place in your heart. Let me just say this, that he didn't redeem you through Jesus to have visitation rights. He didn't come so he could come tomorrow or come next week whenever you're just going through a difficult time. No, no, no. He wants to set up permanent connection with you, and that's exactly what he did. He will never leave. He will never forsake us. And because of that, you never have to be hopeless again. You never have to feel hopeless again. That same hope that Mary carried in the baby Jesus, that same hope that Mary, Mary carried carries us. That same hope, Jesus. She was the bearer of hope, and you also are the bearer of hope. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So we can expect residing hope. Number two, we can expect sustaining peace. Because he is Emmanuel, we can have residing hope and sustaining peace. And some of you need peace this year. In fact, this can be the most chaotic time of year. But you can have peace in the midst of it. See, the, the comfort of, of, of what's going on in the inside, regardless of what's going on on the outside. I get this all the time from people. Man, I, I just need peace in my life. Are you reflecting on God or are you reflecting on the outside? Are you looking for peace to happen outside of you or are you allowing peace to be awakened inside of you? The peace means to make all things right, the wrong things right. Bring, bring resolve to all the issues. Even, listen, even if, the thing, even if the things outside aren't okay, you're okay. You're okay because you belong to the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 6 says, for, for unto us a child is born, a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders, talking about the kingdom of God. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And it says this in verse 7. It says, his government and its peace will never end. God's peace will never end. There is no, listen, and let me say this. There never has to be strife with you and God ever again. And some of you have been battling with God. You've been struggling with God because of maybe things that have happened around you or things that have happened to you in your life. And you've had this, this tension with God. There doesn't have to be tension anymore. And it, listen, it's not contingent, contingent upon your circumstances. And it's not contingent upon the sins that you've committed, committed. Jesus has come and paid a very, 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 very high price for you to experience peace with God. To be reconciled with God. And it says this, that the, the government, the government of God that brings that peace, it knows no end. It never ends. And therefore, your peace never has to end. doesn't matter if you lose your job tomorrow. Come on. 
You get the worst news of your life. Tomorrow, your peace never has to end. Even if your life has fallen to pieces, your peace never ends. Come on. So because he is Emmanuel, because he is here, we can have residing hope, sustaining peace. And the third thing that we can have is we can have an everlasting connection with God. An everlasting connection. An unceasing connection with God. Not just when you come to church on Sundays. Not just when you maybe have a quiet time where you open up the word and pray two or three times a week. Come on, we should be doing it more often than that. Not just those moments where you enter into God's presence. No, 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 all the time. When you're walking down the street, when you're serving somebody coffee, when you're waiting tables, come on, when you're, when you're doing numbers and punching numbers at work, when you're spanking your kids, you can experience the presence of God all the time. Everlasting connection between God and man. God and man, he is Emmanuel, God with us. Hebrews 8.10 says this, I will be their God and they will be my people. This is speaking of the new covenant. We talked about this during this series, the new covenant. They will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives saying, you should know the Lord. In other words, you don't have to, you're not going to have to have people tell you about how good God is or, or, or the knowledge about God. You're not going to have to have that teaching anymore. Do you, do you want that teaching Yes. Do you need teaching? Yes, but you won't have to have that to know God. You'll have your own connection. You'll have your own relationship, not because your parents raised you right. Come on, not because you went to church every Sunday or you punched the card. No, 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 but because you have a relationship with the creator of the universe through Jesus. See, Jesus wants to find a home in your heart. You shall know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will already know. You won't need anybody to teach you because you'll be in a relationship. You'll love it when people say God is good and, you're gonna, and you'll think to your mind, yes, I've been experiencing that. I've been experiencing the goodness of God for myself, not because of my, my pastor's relationship with God, not because of my friend's relationship with God or my parents' relationship with God. No, 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 because you have a relationship with God. Listen, Jesus wants to find that home in your heart. He wants to be Emmanuel with you all the time, everlasting. See, some of you today, you need to invite Jesus to take up permanent residency in your heart, in your life. Some of you need to ask the Lord to come and be more at home in your heart. Because maybe you've prayed a prayer. Maybe you've had some experiences. But you know and I know that you haven't been living life like Jesus is dad of your house. Come on, that he's not the covering of the house of your life. And I will say this, that Jesus didn't just come to make earth his dwelling place. He came to make us his dwelling place. Has he found a home in your heart? Is he with you? Yeah, he's here. He's among us, but is he in you? Have you invited him in? Have you welcomed him in to your life? You know, the greatest gift Jesus could ever give you was his life. And the greatest gift you can ever give him is your life. It's the greatest gift. I had a, a spiritual son years ago that kind of lost a relationship with, and he got married, and, and I 
reached out to him, and I was like, hey, man, I, I, I'm not going to be able to go to your wedding. <coughs> I said, but I, I, I have a gift card. I want to I send you this gift card. So we went and got him a gift card, and I was like, just give me your address. And we've been texting back and forth, and he just wouldn't respond. He's upset because I, I couldn't make it to his wedding, and, but, I, but I wanted to bless him. You know, I wanted to bless him with his gift card, and I would text him. I'd be like, hey, man, give me your address. Three or four times, give me your address. I want to I want to send you this gift card. And we had already purchased the gift card. It was waiting in an envelope. It was all marked out. And I was ready to send him the gift card, but he never responded. And I feel like a lot of times that's the way we are with the Lord. The Lord has given us this, this beautiful gift, and we just won't respond to what he's offering us. And I remember being broken. Like, I wanted to bless this guy. Like, I, I want to contribute to his life. I want to contribute to his marriage. I want to, I want to be involved. No response. Will you respond today? Will you respond to the gift of Jesus? Jesus.